the incomparable. Number 261, August 2015. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. We are back for the third round of our uh, pointless uh, why, why Are We Doing This Superhero Spectacular Something or Other Tournament. Uh, we've, we've reduced our numbers to 16. We're going to go down to eight superheroes in this round. Um, a, a few changes have happened since the last two rounds. First off, let me introduce our two new judges. Lisa Schmeiser has been promoted from advocate to judge, as uh, so often happens. Hi, Lisa. I like to think I'm failing upward. Hello. Yes, you have worked and uh, succeeded, and uh, your reward is being a judge in this ridiculous tournament. Uh, likewise, Chip Sutterth, not Tony, Chip Sutterth, you are also a judge now. Congratulations. I'm sorry. I am looking forward to completely forgetting every moment of advocacy I have ever had and ruling a just and fair and completely dispassionate verdict. That is why you were elevated to the bench. Um, also joining us, we have our we have our excellent advocates, Monty Ashley. Hello, Your Honor. I am just a simple country comic book mm. uh, lawyer. Yes, reference acknowledged. <laughs> Moises Chuyan. Hello. Hello. You uh, prepared? I you have your um, briefs, legal briefs. I uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I wish I wish that I could say that I were. And uh, to to echo my colleague, uh, I, I feel like uh, the the only thing to do is to is to uh, call in a favor and have a friend, a simple country lawyer, uh, take my place this evening, uh, if if that's permissible. It's not permissible. Damn it! Well, I, I rule against you. Well then, I'll just uh, I'll just have to muddle through. You'll have to do it. You'll have to do it yourself. We want you. Uh, Phil Mozalak is also out there, back for more punishment. Hi, Mose. Uh, I'm here to do my job. Yep. I'm not going to take it as serious, but I'm here to do the people's will. All right. And I'm very I'm I'm fantastically um excited about the new judge lineup. All right. Well done. Well, is played. this your your way of sucking up to us? Mm. No, 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 because no, 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 it's working. It's working. No, I'm no it's it. not. It's really not. My st- I- <laughs> Ooh, split decisions. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jason, you're going to have to say, rule. Yeah, say no, something nice about the tiebreaker. Why don't you? Tony Sindelar, also one of our advocates tonight. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jason. I have been practicing my legal razzle and my legal dazzle, Good. so I'm ready. Ooh. Also, I'm prepared to cheat to win, unlike last time. All so. right. I like I like the razzle dazzle reference. How how could it go wrong? I have a good feeling yes. about uh, your uh, some of your uh, some of your characters. I think you're going to do well tonight. And uh, Dan Morin, hello, Dan. Welcome back, Jason. What do I have to do to get pumped up to judge? Because I'm I'm about done with this. Uh, well, let's see how you do tonight. Let's Sweet. see how you do tonight. I I just I I sure hope that you don't have lose any first. Uh, like top seeds though i think that unlikely yeah it's not gonna happen before we get started now i I refer to our previous episodes where we pit two heroes against each other eventually we will uh solve a problem nobody wanted solved which is that we'll pick a hero that won the tournament for some reason um but to get there (laughs) we have different rules in each round in this round we've asked the advocates to uh go negative and while they can talk about the what's great about their hero um they should at very least frame it in the context of what's wrong with the other guy. And uh, if they just want to go full on negative and just completely assault the character uh, that they oppose, then they are encouraged to do that. It's uh, it's the it's the negative campaigning uh, edition of the superhero tournament. Let's get started with our first showdown. It is number one Iron Man 
uh, who will be represented by Dan. And number 12, The Thing, who will be represented by Tony. Tony, can you uh, give us your statement about The Thing, and more importantly, about Iron Man? So, look, The Thing is a, is a, is a classic uh, working man superhero. A man, a superhero of the people. Tony Stark is a drunk, chauvinist womanizer. He's basically the Donald Trump of the Avengers. Uh, it literally <laughs> takes a team of people like Pepper and Captain America and Rhodey and sometimes even Happy Hogan to basically keep him on track. Otherwise, he's he's just a walking disaster area. Uh, he needs a support team. He's basically just, you know, sure, he's he's done some things in his life, but, you know, he he, he was uh, he, he born on third base, uh, you know, uh, son of Howard Stark, and is just, you know, walking around claiming that he hit a home run. Uh, he, he's not the true hero that, that the thing is. That was a really good baseball metaphor. I think he didn't get it quite right, but I, I, A for effort, Tony. For I, was, effort. I thought we were talking about cricket. Yeah, that's right. Well, third base, home run, you got to go another base there. I'm not sure if Tony Stark flew to the other base or not, but that's, that's fine. That was very good. Uh, Dan, uh, you are defending Iron Man and attacking the thing. Go ahead. Indeed. Well, uh, I, far be it for me to disagree with my esteemed colleague, mm. but I must point out that the, did the thing do anything to become a superhero? No, it was, it was purely accidental. Tony Stark is a self-made man. The thing is a rock. It's just, it's just a big rock. And, well, you know, the, the implications of being a blue-collar superhero are admirable. Um, I think that you have to look back at the fact and say that, that, that the thing, Ben Grimm, uh, he's just, he, doesn't, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just a guy who's been giving some powers and doesn't really seem to have a plan or any sort of angle for using them. I mean, this is a guy who the best slogan he could come up with is, is clobbering time. Dan, what I mean, time is it? It's clobbering time. That's important no, it's to never, know. That's not, on that's, any, that's not on any clock. That's not on any clocks watch. My just say clobbering time. No, that's, I that's not. <laughs> even a stop clock is right twice a day, but no dough clock says clobbering time. <laughs> is this meeting over yet? Oh, God, my face! <laughs> in, in conclusion, I would like to say that how far can you trust any superhero whose voice patterns are based on Jimmy Durante's? Mm. All right, uh, time to throw this to our judges. Lisa, you are uh, the first judge on this case. What are your thoughts? Have we ever definitively established the thing is, in fact, a pile of sentient rocks? And if so, where is he? Where are the are, are they made in the USA rocks? Are they foreign rocks? Are they space rocks? Born in the, Brooklyn. Born in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So the rocks were mined in Brooklyn. Is the thing lying about his origins? I, I have no reason to believe that. The, th- the thing has never lied about anything. <laughs> he, he's as honest as the orange rock from which he is forged. <laughs> which he is forged. Okay. What? All right. Again, so Tony, I don't think that's how it works, but I love your effort. What, what, are, you, what are you, a geologist? <laughs> Super geologist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Baseball geologist. <laughs> I think you know, I, I was, won. I, you, I was going somewhere with this line of <laughs> That Never was your ask mistake. a question you don't want you, to hear yeah, the yeah. answer to. You broke me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Especially about the thing. Yes. Um, I, I have no more questions for the, for the plaintiff. <laughs> Wow, we're, we're off to an early, an early, this is great. Early derailment happening. Yeah. Somebody's been drinking. <laughs> no, 
I'm just yeah. wondering how you forge rock. It's it's. <laughs> Lisa, would you like to would you like to pass and let your other judge render? Uh, I would please let. Well, no, I actually have a verdict, but I want to hear Chip's line of inquiry before I issue it because I could be swayed in, by persuasive argument. In, intriguing. This is a, a mm-hmm. we're we're in a new ground here. Uh, yes. Chip, what 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 are your thoughts? Siri, what is clobbering time? Let me check on that. Okay, I found this on the web for clobbering time. Siri did not give me any kind of indication of a specific time that clobbering time is. I'm sorry. I am I, I'm sympathetic to Tony's argument against Iron Man as being a creature of privilege, but Dan had the gall to attack the thing for not being special, for not being smart, for not having agency. Uh, it strikes me from hearing these arguments that the thing is the every not only the every person hero but the hero for the rest of us who are not very special i find for the thing lisa i have to find for something that was forged in brooklyn really <laughs> i find for the thing as well uh well that that that's Man. it it's two two nothing the for most, the thing the most generic of superhero names next time we're going to vote for the stuff Dan- Danielle already lost you just got to let it go now oh no i know i can be, <laughs> i can be bitter and petty after the oh, fact all right. it's more more fun <laughs> so the thing moves on even though he wasn't actually from brooklyn and we move on to our next pairing it's going to be uh monty what? you are going to be talking about <laughs> spider-man and facing off against number 4 seed kitty pride who is going to be defended by moises so Moises, you are the lower seed here, number one number one versus number four. I will let you go first to tell us what's great about Kitty Pride and more important, what's not so great about the old webhead. Well, I, I to start off with Do you have Jay uh, Jonah yeah. Jameson ready? Is that what you is are you are you is Jay Jonah Jameson one of your consultants? Because that would be really <laughs> your, smart of you to do your that. honor. <laughs> your, your honor, I, I have to be honest. I, uh, I I wish I wish that I had more terrible things to say about Spider Man. I wish that I did. I only have a few dozen um, <laughs> that uh, that I was able to bring to the table this evening. Uh, now, whereas with Kitty Pride, you have someone who has repeatedly, constantly put themselves on the line, put their life on the line, and sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed uh, time, uh, a variety of different costumes, uh, a variety of different aliases, code names, for the sake of the good of of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice, that kind of stuff. With Spider-Man, granted, he is Marvel's signature. Well, he was Marvel's signature hero until they recently decided that's now Iron Man. So perhaps, perhaps that demotion in and of itself is the beginning of an indicator as to where the problems of Spider-Man begin for someone whose trademark slogan is with great power comes great responsibility to be so repeatedly irresponsible, selfish, and just plain bad luck, not only to himself, but the people around him. How, how, how could that individual be the greatest hero to rise to the top of the illustrious ranks that we've gone through so far? How could that individual often at the center of a crossover, not because he's particularly able to stop a cosmic threat all on his own, but because, gee shucks, he's a great guy and he's the company mascot. Not not due to merit. No, no, no. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the fraternity legacy of Marvel superhero characters. And frankly, we must break with tradition. We must say no, never again. I may just be a simple country comic book fan. But to me, 
Spider-Man is way too much big city, way too much uh, family name, as it were, before actual achievements. Let's let's uh, let's start listing off the deaths. Death of Captain Stacy, death of Gwen Stacy, death of Gene DeWolf. There is not a single good hearted person or member of law enforcement that can go anywhere near Spider-Man without their life immediately being put at risk rather than feeling like they have some semblance of security or more than about a 15 issue lifespan. So, your honors, again, there are many great things that Spider-Man has done. But really, crucially, it is the many irresponsible, selfish, and outright lame-brained things that he has done over the years that has me asking that you must find in favor of Kitty Pride, who would, who would sail across the galaxy, invisible inside of a giant bullet, before she would think of herself. What is a true hero? It is up to you to, to decide, my dear judges. Wow. I rest my case. All right. That was that had more endings than the Lord of the Rings, but thank you, Moises. We move just on. like most Spider-Man crossover events. We move oh. on to Monty. A little last dig there. Uh, <laughs> his last name. He's going on a family legacy. The Dash Man. Yeah, a, an honorable tradition. I think you'll agree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. I implore you. All right, not Monty. all Spider-Man. Mo- Mo- Monty, tell, <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us your story, Monty. Kitty Pride is an intangible teenage girl with a pet dragon. She's sometimes known as Ariel, Sprite, or Shadowcat, depending on whether the current writer can keep a straight face about it. According to Wikipedia, she's soon going to add Star Lady to that roster of random names nobody ever calls her. She mostly exists to look on goggle-eyed as truly heroic characters do all the work. When you can phase out of physical reality, you're never in any physical danger. Her stories don't have any stakes. She's cute. She's fun, but she's not heroic enough to make it past this round. If you want a teenager who actually grapples with problems and puts himself on the line to save the world over and over again, you gotta go Spider-Man. I rest my case. Wow, those were very Mm. powerful arguments. We're going to move to Judge Chip. Judge Chip, what do you think? Star Lady. Yeah. Star Lady? He's joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. Star Lady. It's like Star Lord, but yeah. you're not you're never gonna believe this. They found a female. I was way to unaware that, that there out. was a I was unaware there's a star peerage. Star Is there Lady. also going to be a star earl, a star count, a star countess, a star viscount? Well, it gets confusing because there are the space there are the space knights, you see. <sighs> <sighs> so are there space dames to go with the space knights? Possible. Well, go go ahead. Hold it against Kitty Pride that her only choices were a bunch of dopey dudes. Uh, I've got again. I'm throwing it to the judges here. Chip, what say you? Um, I advocate Moises. Were you aware you 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 you, you spoke of Spider Man as the fraternity legacy of Marvel superhero characters? I don't suppose you were aware that this justice was a member of the Phi Mu Alpha Symphonia Music Fraternity. <laughs> In college. That's a lack of research and there. And this slander, this slander <laughs> against a hallowed institution forces me to find in favor of Spider-Man. Wow. Well, again, sometimes you need to do your research about your judges. Yeah. Uh, a well, wise, fair, and impartial decision. <laughs> Let's move to Lisa. Completely dispassionate, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed the focused nastiness of Advocate Monty's... Uh... Assault, and so I find for Spider Man. 
Wow. I think you should. I think you should award, reward both brevity and brutality. Yep. yep. Kitty Pride undone by a male hero yet again. <laughs> Oh, save it. She's got terrible taste in men. I have to say this was a yeah, she, that that is true. Uh this is a uh <laughs> this is uh, a tough one for me because I love both of those characters. But Spider-Man moves on unanimously. Our judges have uh are in sync at the moment. We're going to move on with impeccable legal reasoning. Absolutely. <laughs> I have no th- these are not coming back on review because there is no review, but still they're not coming back. Um we're going to move I on to a matchup. Nasty British and short. It's life it's legal decisions. Mr <laughs> Mr uh Mr uh advocate Moises Chuyan is going to advocate now for the Hulk against Barry Allen the Flash. Mm. As advocated by Mose. Mose, you get to go first. Who am I talking about? The Hulk? I mean, the Hulk. I mean, basically, look. He's green. He's lean. Well, not so lean. He's actually kind of a big buff, whatever he is, a gamma radiation filled human being. But at the end of the day, what is he really, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde? Aren't all our superheroes? basically balancing between those two things. So what makes the Hulk so special? I'll tell you, Andy Anako, he's not. He's a wanton, garbage-filled, you know, basically uh, completely invulnerable uh, bastion of destruction. Who cares? It's dumb. It ha- Bruce Banner, you can talk so much about science and and how cool this guy is and how smart he is. At the end of the day, who cares? Because all everybody looks at is the Hulk. All he does is come on through, break some doors, break some buildings, break this, that, and the other. Is that really what we want from a hero? In fact, I would tell you that he's not a hero. Planet Hulk. Who cares? It's not of this world. I mean, at the end of the day, what he does here destroys humanity at the end of the day. It's dumb. What, what does he contribute? Okay, at the end of the day, he's completely invulnerable. What? That's crazy. When you look at the wide array of heroes out there and the Hulk is the top end of the chain, he can't be beat. Puny God? Garbage. Mark Ruffalo? Garbage. Oh, wow. It's all over. Are you serious? Are you serious? Judges. Wow. Please, listen. Is the Hulk really a hero just because he's so invulnerable? I mean, really. Purple shorts? Invulnerable? I rest my case. I, uh, that's a, that is a fascinatingly dismissive argument, which I kind of enjoy. Um, uh, Moises, it's your turn to uh, re- reply with uh, uh, in favor of the Hulk and against the Flash. I hold no ill will toward the Flash. I have to be honest. I can't say that I hate the Flash. I cannot stand here before you judges and say the Flash is terrible. The Flash is a pile of garbage. And absolutely inessential to comic book lore. I I can't do that. I just, I can't do that because I have too much respect for these legendary characters. I I wish my my colleague on the other side of the courtroom were so respectful. But alas, it were not to be. The Hulk single-handedly 
was responsible to me and to many for turning around the notion of the Marvel crossover, which, of course, got undone relatively quickly thereafter with uh, with Planet Hulk leading into World War Hulk, making the Marvel Universe world of crossing over their characters actually interesting for once and not just a rehash of House of M for the thousandth time. One of the things that is most beloved about the Hulk is exactly what my opponent here tells you is so terrible about him which is his duality of self, duality of purpose, his confusion as to what direction his life is going in. In fact, he he carries a very heavy load. So I I again, I'm I'm so I'm so sad that uh, that I am uh across the aisle from an opponent who who seems to devalue comic book characters so fundamentally, especially their portrayal as done by wonderful actors like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> now turning to the Flash. If we're really looking fundamentally the person to be the top of the superhero pile. Do we want that to be a hero whose very superpower can result in rewriting and unwriting and erasing comic book continuity and resulting in a version of various characters across an entire multiverse that nobody really likes? Be honest. Was the New 52 just the bee's knees for everybody, or... Was it just me who found that Batman and Green Lantern were two of few books that were really still worth reading after the Flash, Flash pointed all over DC? How can we allow that to be the title signature hero of this competition? How can we allow such a thing? And perhaps a minor note, but just speaking to greater world progress, peace, uh, happiness around the globe with how much Barry Allen has to eat did his metabolic rate judges. I would say that we must eliminate him from this competition because if he were the last hero left on earth, he would eat the earth out of sustainable vegetation, meat, uh, consumable food in and of itself. The flash, if we take both of these characters to the end of time, the flash is the one that is going to either destroy the universe as it is or eat it. I rest my case. All right. Interesting arguments there. Got a little ecological at the end. I I find that fascinating. Uh, Let's move to Lisa. What are your thoughts about this case? So what I'm hearing is that uh, the Hulk could destroy the planet simply by having a temper tantrum. Whereas the Flash could destroy the planet simply by having too many tacos, is this is this correct? Both advocates, correct. I would say that I would say that the Flash is capable of of depleting the planet of consumable resources. Could he then run back in time and change things so that there are more tacos for him? Do we really want issue after issue of that narrative? Your, your Honor, I call paradox. <laughs> Taco Paradox. Hmm. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I travel Taco Paradox. Most delicious all paradox right. of all time. So we have the, uh, so on the one hand, as a judge, this is a difficult decision to render because on the one hand, we do have a hero who is capable of altering the very fabric of space and time for narrative convenience. On the other hand, we have a superhero who is so potent and so powerful that several of his other fellow powerful superheroes got together in a super secret brainy cabal, sent him to another planet, which he then conquered ruled like a god, and then came back to Earth with a grudge. These two are fairly evenly matched. And a less impartial judge would immediately vote for the Flash because she did not appreciate the ding against Mark Ruffalo, who has single-handedly redeemed the Hulk in Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would argue. However, in this case, I'm finding for the most powerful and potent superhero, and I find for the one that can bend the fabric of space and time, I find for the Flash. Thank you, Your Honor. All right. Chip, what say you? 
I appreciated the interpretive jiggery pokery of Moses' arguments. However, um, when Moises mentioned that the flash flash pointed all over DC, which sounded faintly scatological, he brought to mind how much I hated the new 52. And it really is the flash's fault. I find for the Hulk. Oh, it's, it's a split decision. And uh, that means it leaves it for me, your humble bailiff. I don't think that's how law works. And host in my in my role, just like host, a night court. To uh, that's right. To uh, break the tie, I as as the arguments were going on, I, I sat and thought a lot about what would happen if this came up and and was a tie. Um, I'm a Marvel. I'm a Marvel kid through and through. Always loved Marvel. I loved uh, the Hulk. Loved the Bill Bixby Hulk. Loved uh, loved the the uh, Greg Pak uh, Planet Hulk. Um, so. The fact that despite all of that, I have great feelings toward Barry Allen and The Flash and feel that he is, in fact, the DC Comics character that I kind of like the most. I rule for The Flash. The Flash moves on. Yep. Boy, that's how that feels. It's exciting. <laughs> I don't get to do that very often as a tie-breaking vote. Uh, yeah. E- easy there, Joe Biden. <laughs> this, this entire result can be rewritten, rewritten out by the of Flash. reality in mere minutes. Well, the Flash doesn't need to rewrite it because he won. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps he, won- we, he we, lost we, in previous We know which side of, of history event. we'd like to be on. Previous timelines. Why, why am I holding these tacos? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, let's move on. Uh, here is a matchup between number two seed Wolverine, as argued by Moises. And number six, Rorschach from Watchmen, as argued by Mose. Mose, you are the underdog. So why don't you go first? This happens to be probably the single most worst character in the comic book universe. Why, you ask? Well, Deadpool is gone already, so. Well, <laughs> no. be careful. Be careful of <laughs> what we wish for. Because we wished for a amazingly ridiculously haired and by the way his hair matches his costume which is stupid and he has a unbreakable bone structure that's kind of uh let's just say ridiculous now at the end of the day what's his strategy run and gun and slash and kill and snicked and snicked and snicked. But recently, Wolverine lost his healing factor. So what does he really have? Nothing. Unbreakable bones? I mean, look, the, the Hulk, that guy, that other, that green guy, ripped him apart completely in half for two and a half years. Is that really a hero that gets ripped in half? And just lives to tell about it. In fact, I will go so far as to say, um, I know I'm on treading on thin ground here, but a guy named Spock gave him the Klingon death grip, whatever that's called, you know what it's called, the, you know, that Vulcan death grip, and knocked him out. So how invulnerable is this guy? And I will go so far as to say, look, Popsicle, Oh, yeah, Popsicle, the brand. They made X-Men Popsicles with in the shape of Wolverine's haircut that, again, conforms to his, um, yeah, his, his costume, which is stupid. 
really. It's stupid. And we couldn't even get it straight that this guy had to have English put on his uh, little, uh, what are those, claws? And then they turned him into bone because, ooh, but wait a minute. It's got to be genetic. It's got to be mutation. It can't be. It can't be something else. Look, this guy has been literally put everywhere and anywhere as the character who's so invulnerable that we all should care about. He's dumb. And you know he is. And when you really look at him, he is. I rest my case. All right. The popsicle defense comes out at last. Uh, uh, Moises, please tell us why Wolverine is great and Rorschach is not. Well, uh, your honors, I have to say uh, the, uh, the, the charges leveled against Wolverine are really the foundation of a fantastic thesis on why he is one of the greatest comic book heroes of all time. And uh, frankly, there's much more depth and uh, levels of intrigue to be had in stories told about this character than, than Rorschach. What other stories are you going to tell with Rorschach? Rorschach is great in Watchmen. Watchmen's a great piece of fiction. I, will, I, I cannot argue that. I cannot argue that. I can't say that's a bad thing. What doesn't make any sense to me is how he fits into any of the, of the broader mythic landscape of, of superhero narrative, since there was never any sort of a prequel or sequel to Watchmen that I know of, at least. I don't know how Rorschach fits in anything else. And not to, to, to throw politics into this, but Rorschach is also the only character on this entire roster that's openly endorsed by a political candidate, Ted Cruz. And regardless of what you think of my fellow Texan and fellow Cuban-American and fellow not-much-else Ted Cruz, the endorsement of a political figure immediately makes me suspect of any comic book character. What are we going to do next? Uh, pay attention to who, you know, Lex Luthor endorses for head of the Justice League? I, I just, I don't see how, considering the the litany of better qualities that Wolverine has going for him uh, at an exponential rate, that anyone could possibly find for Rorschach. For me, it's it's the most lopsided battle that there is, and and frankly, not for effect, but simply because I am in awe. I am I am absolutely abjectly in awe of how much better a job than I did that my opponent did in in defending Wolverine. I I would have to say that you have to listen to my opponent and find for Wolverine, Your Honors. Fascinating. Uh, let's go to Chip with his verdict. Intriguing arguments on both sides. I de- I, I detect a subtle um. A, a subtle commonality of approach with Advocate Mose, um, whose you, opponents sir. are ridiculously stupid. <laughs> it's dumb, I think, was a, a strong argument. I'd like to see the legal citations for it's dumb, but it did sound good. I, I can't, I can't endorse Wolverine's haircut in any way, but popsicles. Popsicles are kind of neat, actually. They're tasty. They're 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 cheap. They're 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 flavorful. I like popsicles. Just like Wolverine, cheap and flavorful. What? And the endorsement by Ted Cruz. I don't want to get political, but that's that's that, that that's pure applesauce. Um I find for Wolverine. Interesting. That's a vote for the big sideburns. Let's move on to Lisa. I really don't think we should spend our time focusing on how these characters look. Um <laughs> Because that's just I mean, so it's normative, limiting. Your Honor. It's normative. Yeah, it's just so limiting. And uh, we've all had bad hair days. 
it's it's not the fault of Wolverine that he's had a bad hair life. He's had a long and eventful life filled with stupid episodes like ninja badassery and fighting in myth, mysterious wars and so on and so forth. Bacon. However, bacon. Presumably, Rorschach really smells bad, by the way. So, well, you know. the one argument that has swayed me, however, is uh, one that uh, Moises pointed out, which is that Rorschach's value as a character rests precisely in his limited deployment. You really can't spin him off the adventures of Rorschach, where he acquires a Japanese wife and teaches Kitty Pride how to be a samurai. Rorschach is never going to bop around a shopping mall with Jubilee and uh, be her sidekick on her many adventures. Rorschach um, is a genuine loner, so that sharply reduces the odds that he'll join eight different teams in the Marvel Universe and insist on all of them that he's a loner. Rorschach is never going to do the uh, Cannonball special. (laughs) The thing that makes him such a great character makes him a limited hero because he, he exists in one role and one role only. And that is, and, and that is to be uncompromising principle. And as we see at the end of the Watchmen, uncompromising principles, of course, destroyed. I find for Wolverine for pure narrative entertainment. All right. Wolverine advances to the next round. Good arguments. All right. We're going to move on to a marquee matchup. Number one seed Superman mm-hmm. as argued by Monty. Uh, against number five seed Doctor Strange, whose advocate is Dan. Dan, you're the lower seed. Please tell us mm-hmm. why why Doctor Strange is good mm-hmm. and Rip Superman it. is bad. Respected judges, uh, I, I would like to enter the following facts into evidence. Uh, Superman, not a doctor. As far as we can <laughs> tell, no postgraduate degrees of any kind. Uh, he's, he's kind of a big lunkhead uh, who seems to fly around... And uh, strangely, uh, <laughs> seems really in favor part. of America. Like he just, you know, he's got that whole America thing going on, which I, I guess is great and all. But at the same time, uh, he he comes off a little, a little too potentially, uh, you know, right wing slash fascist for me. So I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, item of evidence number two: Superman does not have an awesome mustache, and I think you cannot <laughs> undervalue that that lack of, of awesome facial hair is really just going to hold him back. I mean, there's no place to go. This is a guy who could desperately use some facial hair because he needs to maintain a, a secret identity, uh, and instead, he just puts on a pair of glasses. Uh, so clearly not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed to begin with. Uh, item number three, Superman also not a sorcerer. Uh, I think that is worth pointing out um, that, you know, there is there are those who have mastered the magical arts and those who are just kind of big, strong guys who fly around a lot. And my final piece of evidence, I would like to point out that he is also allergic to rocks. And that is just like the worst weakness ever. I mean, clearly, if the thing went up against Superman, then Superman would be all over at that point. Uh, so in the end, Superman strong, but dumb. All right, Monty, it's time for your retort. Dr. Strange is not a superhero. He's a magician. He should restrict himself to guessing what card you're thinking of. Now, I realize that technically he's a wizard or a sorcerer, not a common street or stage magician, but what does that mean? It means he should be hanging out in the Shire. 
not in comic books. Also, he's going to be played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the upcoming movie, which means you're already sick of it before it even comes out. And finally, note how quickly finally comes. (laughs) (laughs) The name Doctor Strange is the laziest comic book moniker since Mr. Fantastic. I rest my case. Wow. Nice. A uh, lot, of, lot of short but sweet arguments there. Let's go to Lisa for her thoughts on the verdict. I, I think one of the unfortunate uh, side effects of having a lengthy public record is that my disdain for Mr. Fantastic is well known. And I worry that it is a an attempt to bias me. Mm-hmm. Possibly. <laughs> well, yeah. doing his, do- doing Dr. Strange, to be fair, is his name. His name is Stephen Strange. Reed yes. Richard's name is not Fantastic. <laughs> This is also true. And he earned um, a medical doctorate, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think it was changed from Strangekowski. It was originally Polish. <laughs> he was going to be, this is true. He was going to be Mr. Strange until Stan Lee decided that was too much like Mr. Fantastic. So rather mm. than come up with a better kind of name, he just said, eh, make him He didn't doctor. spend six years in strange magical medical school to be called Mr. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I believe that Dr. Strange's origins are such where he was a uh, hoity-toity surgeon who yes. had no time for anything until he was in a car accident. Lost the ability to operate. Right, and then was hands. desperate to regain it, and so he embarked on a mystical path and kind of got distracted by that. It was sort so, of an eat, eat, pray, love kind of thing, except for It magic. was, it was. And the problem is... It eat, pray, this- love, Dormammu. Yes, and the problem is, is now that you've put it that way, I'm almost tempted. I'm almost tempted to vote for him just because a superhero with eat, pray, love as an origin story is a refreshing <laughs> addition to almost any, any, any Hall of Mighties. Um, I think that's Iron Fist, actually. um i also have to give special attention to the anti-superman forces because their five arguments were both compelling and factually true (sighs) again my love of superman is well documented i think he represents a lot of the best of um, both the dc universe and and the best of what we can strive for as human beings however the case against him was skillfully constructed and i desperately want to see eat pray love make it to the finals so i'm finding for dr strange wow Big, uh, big moment here, potentially. Chip, what are your thoughts, Superman and Doctor Strange? Well, you would think the answer would be obvious. Thank you, Your Honor. Oh. Dan has <laughs> Dan has put together a skillful argument. I concur with uh, with Judge Schmeiser on that point. Um, even on top of that, uh, Superman, uh, both pre-crisis and after the crisis, was frequently written as vulnerable to magic. So you'd think that Doctor Strange would actually just snap his fingers and Superman would vanish in a puff of logic. But Monty reminded us that Doctor Strange will be played by Benedict Cumberbatch, whom my wife thinks is hot. I find for Superman. (laughs) That throws it to me again. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no great love for Doctor Strange or, or magician superheroes in general. Uh, but I I am going to uh, cite an argument made earlier by uh, by advocate Moe in a different context here, which is Superman. He's dumb. He's boring. I rule for Doctor Strange. Yes. <gasps> Whoa. Your Honor, I think you did a great thing for all of mankind. I already this said a, that a, I like the Flash better than other DC mm. heroes. This this, this is a, a, night, a night a night full of upsets. Mm. Yes, it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Monty, 
you you might be quite right to point out that that was the you play, you played the dumb name card while arguing for Superman. <laughs> well done. Hey, they they started with a draft of strong guy and had to work their way up. Pay no attention. <laughs> and strong guy was an improvement on car lifter. So, amazing, you know. <laughs> amazing things are happening. Which is, a guy a named, of, which is just a guy named Jack Tony. Yeah, a lot of lift. You know, a lot, lot, lot of writing work there. So all right, let's move on to a matchup. It is number two seed Captain America, who's going to be championed by Monty, versus a number eleven seed Beta Ray Bill, who's going to be championed uh, by Moe's. Yeah, that's right. It's Horse Thor. I hope Chip can can uh, view this uh, without recusing himself. Moe's, you get to argue for big underdog Beta Ray Bill uh, and against Captain America. Why do you hate America? Go ahead. Well, I mean, you've kind of set things. <laughs> America, kind of, I mean, it's dumb. Well, slightly is <laughs> true for me, but I'm willing to come out of that because, you know, <laughs> funny thing you mentioned, I just recently watched Age of Ultron and uh, there was a man named Vision who picked up the um, Thor's hammer, which seemed to be pretty a pretty big deal in that whole uh, thing. There's only one other person. In fact, Vision has never actually done that. That was movie stuff, we'll call that. Um, there's only one other person that, and I say person, alien, uh, Beta Ray Bill, who, who was, um, I quote, worthy to hold uh, Thor's hammer. And Odin was the one who kind of deemed that. Now, we're dealing with gods, mysteries, and things of that nature. Uh, it's funny. Um, there was another uh, situation in in uh, the uh, Age of Ultron. You know, everybody had sins or things that they were afraid of, but this guy, Captain America, huh, it's it's very interesting to me because he didn't have. In fact, he all he wanted to do was dance with his girl. I find that very interesting. That a guy, a mortal man, if you will, and without kind of throwing too much religion into the whole mix, seems to have no sins. There was only one guy that I've, I'm aware of that never had that. But Reed he wasn't Richards. named Cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Your I, Honor. I, I Your apologize. Honor. I apologize. I, I think that's extremely I got, hilarious. I got Jesus and Reed Richards mixed up again. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. It's that's easy right. to see um, how that might happen. Reed Richards himself would tell you it happens all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And in fact, I would say that Captain America, I look at this nation and I say to myself, 20% Donald Trump? Well, you know, you know, Captain America did a great thing back in the day. I mean, look, in fact, we're all believe that he killed Hitler. But what's he really done for us lately? Capitalism? Is that really what we're striving for? Hmm. That's really against the people. Cap, who are you really for? I rest my mm. case. Interesting, intriguing question. We're going to leave it out there. Uh, Monty, what do you say? Well, uh... You're on. Are you an honor, or are you just a bailiff? I am. An, I am as uh, as host. I, I as host. I am honorable to a, to an extent. Right. Uh, can I ask the bailiff to describe the contents of the JPEG that I've just entered into the record? Uh, yes. So I can describe this for the listeners who cannot check in the show notes for this excellent piece of work. It is Captain America holding Thor's hammer above his head, shouting Avengers assemble while being, uh, looked upon by, uh, 
passersby and heroes who are nearby, as well as apparently he's about to be attacked by Nazi robots. Thank you. I object. I object. On what ground? To this. Uh, what, there, yes. Well, there have been many <laughs> images that have been thrown through the background, and you're, now you're going to bring that up. Well, well, you, uh, you had time to do your research. You said that only one person has been able to lift Thor's hammer, and I just uh, wanted to put on the record the fact that Captain America has, in fact, lifted Thor's hammer twice in continuity. <laughs> but that is not the essence of my argument. The essence of my argument, as I consider Captain America beyond reproach, will focus on my honored opponent. Beta Ray Bill is basically defined by being almost as good as Thor. He's like a substitute ingredient in a recipe. If you don't have Thor, you can use Beta Ray Bill. You can put some apple sauce in there. It won't be the same. It'll basically be fine. He's nearly Thor. He's... Liam Hemsworth. Oh! (laughs) Zing! He's not terrible, but his first name is literally Beta. (laughs) The novelty of being a hammer-wielding space horse can take you only so far. And, honorable judges, I submit that this round is where Beta Ray Bill's journey has to end. Thank you for your time. All right, we are going to uh, start with Lisa here. Well, I'll keep this very, very, very brief. In terms of who ranks above whom in the comic index, there is uh, Beta Ray Bill, who, again, has the head of a horse. I also want to draw everyone's attention to um, Bill, known as Starfighter, in the wonderful comic God Hates Astronauts, who has the head of a supernatural cow. So even in the genre of butt-kicking superheroes with the head of livestock, Beta Ray Bill doesn't match up. Name, name Bill. Yes, name Bill. Yes, And I want, I want to add two. We're not quite to three, because arguably with three you have a genre. With two, you merely have two examples. But, but even in this contest, Beta Ray Bill loses. Um, also, you can't argue with the dude who's wielding a hammer and fighting Nazi robots at the same time. I find for Captain America. Chip? Unfamiliar as I am with Beta Ray Bill... <laughs> it would take a while to get, catch you up, I think. <laughs> the the phrase, his first name is literally Beta, is one of the most masterful things I have ever heard on any <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, you know, after, after, he, after hearing that, any other words no longer have meaning. I can't rule against Captain America. I would be ruling against myself. Chip is Captain America. I figured oh it out. <laughs> yes. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm hearing a 2 nothing verdict for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, what The lesson we've learned here is being not as boring as Thor can only go so far. Uh, and this is the point where Beta Ray Bill gets off the uh, the treadmill. But well, well fought, Horse Thor. Well fought. Mm-hmm. Let us move on to our next round. It is going to be number two seed Wonder Woman versus number six seed Barbara Gordon known as Batgirl and Oracle uh, Tony is the advocate for Wonder Woman oh do, do I need to, do I need to ask any questions of the judges about whether they need to whether whether they can be impartial in this situation 
I would actually like to recuse myself from this. <gasps> really? Uh, wow. Strategic win. It's allowed. It, that is allowed. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I have a, I have a tie-breaking I have a tie-breaking system in place. Should should It's a coin. It's a coin. Should it's a, a judge coin. recuse themselves and Chip and I uh, disagree. Mm-hmm. Your honor, how can we have Wonder Woman versus Batgirl? And have the only woman on the panel not participate. This whole trial is a farce. I, I well, I, I actually agree. Perhaps she can't choose between them. Um, I, I, Lisa, if you would, if you choose to abstain, how about this? I would uh-huh. like you to make a statement at the end, All and right. then if you choose to abstain, then you may do so. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so Monty, uh, you are arguing for Barbara Gordon. Tony, you're arguing for Wonder Woman. Mm. Monty, uh, Barbara Gordon's the number six seed. Wonder Woman number two. So you are the underdog. You may go first. All right. Now, it should go without saying that I have nothing but the utmost respect for Ms. Woman. (laughs) Uh, I believe she is a princess, sir. (laughs) Sometimes she's a princess. Sometimes she's a goddess. Sometimes she's been literally molded out of clay. The thing is, Wonder Woman's background is constantly changing. To the point where she's not the same character as she was when she was first created. And that's good, because, I'm going to put this delicately, Wonder Woman's early comic books are kind of not for kids. They were created by a world-class weirdo whose personal obsessions are right there on every single page. And they say that Wonder Woman is one of the three pillars of DC Comics. You've got Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. But the Wonder Woman we have now, they have carefully removed all of the goofy nonsense that she used to have. She's not from Paradise Island anymore. She's from Themyscira. Her bracelets, I'm pretty sure, are not made of a metal called Feminum anymore. (laughs) At least I hope they're not. I think she was also from Amazonia at one point. Mm. Wonder Woman, although she is put forth as a good role model for young girls... She really isn't. Not like Barbara Gordon, the butt-kicking librarian. And finally, I will remind the judges that Yvonne Craig passed away very recently, and a lovely way to honor her memory would be to honor that girl slash Oracle slash Barbara Gordon and put her through to the next round. Thank you. Pulling out all the stops there. Well done. That's all I got. Tony, uh, it's your turn. My opponent has already pointed out that, that Wonder Woman is, is part of the Holy Trinity that, you know, has, has guided comics to where they are today. You know, Batgirl has done a lot of, a lot of good work for the Bat organization, and I don't want to underplay that. But, you know, I, she probably only got that job because of who her dad is. You know, there's some nepotism at work there. This is, may not have been the most qualified candidate for that position. And, you know, sometimes the bat bureaucracy just keeps expanding and there's bat jobs and you, you, you take on who you need. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the Peter principle at work here. Um, also, you know, I, 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 I think the, the, the recent versions of, of, of Batgirl – She's become somewhat of a ridiculous hipster uh, that makes even me feel too old uh, to be reading those comics. You know, she's done a lot of good good work for the the Bat Agency over the years, but I think perhaps it's you know she should take some time off from superheroing and focus on her studies. The end. The end. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to Chip for his uh, his thoughts and ruling. Yvonne Craig was a lovely woman. Yvonne Craig brought 
spandex to Batman, the, the Batman TV show in, in, in appealing, in an appealing way. How can I, how can I turn my back on Monty's stirring recollections of her gifts and talents and her memory by voting for Wonder Woman? Pretty easily. I vote for Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lisa, what are your thoughts? Like I said, I'm recusing myself from this one. Um, the reason being that I am an unapologetic and unashamed Barbara Gordon slash Oracle fangirl. And I don't trust myself to be impartial on this issue. I have past history with Oracle. I advocate Gail Simone's wonderful rehabilitation of the character in the Birds of Prey series at every at every opportunity. And due to this lengthy history, I cannot issue a ruling in this case. Well, this is a very difficult one for me as well. Um, I uh, I uh, am married to a librarian. Uh, m- my wife also uh, was a uh, a childhood fan of of Wonder Woman. <laughs> And we have Wonder Woman memorabilia in the house. <laughs> so how to choose between these two characters? I don't know. This is this is the most supremely difficult uh, battle, I think, that, uh, that we're going to face. I, in the end, um, I think I have to rule... Let me put it this way. Yes, Wonder Woman's history is, uh, is peculiar. Um, Although her her creator is, I think I, I wouldn't get too judgmental about her creator. He was certainly led an interesting life, um, but he created a a character that has resonated for years in many different guises. Um, what what is to be said for Batgirl and Oracle for Barbara Gordon is somebody who is introduced as the kid sidekick and the girl sidekick, which is not necessarily a position of strength. Has it, she has been transmogrified into something bigger and better, uh, showing the versatility of the writers and. Uh, I think that's to be commended. But in the end, uh, like Chip, I think I have to lean ever so slightly toward Wonder Woman for being uh, more fully formed from the beginning and uh, and sadly have to say that Barbara Gordon has passed uh, as far as she can go. So Wonder Woman moves on to the next round. Just Justice is difficult work. It is difficult. That was a tough one. I actually was sending instant messages to Lauren that entire time saying, please choose one for me. And she did not <laughs> respond. Because she's she's smart. Well, because Babs is a libra- Babs is a librarian, and there's that there's that tie to it, and yeah, you know, my 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 own daughter has a has a set of Wonder Woman pajamas that she absolutely adores, and uh, to be honest, that's because they don't make Oracle pajamas in little girl sizes. <laughs> that's a little dark. Oh. Yeah. No, I was actually thinking if we ever took her to a convention in cosplay, I would dress her up like Batgirl and then have her put Joker in a wheelchair, like a little Joker doll in a wheelchair. Oh. Nice. Flip it around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if 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 Doctor Strange should get a cold or something, Barbara Gordon is available to fight battles later. I like that idea. She's an alternate. How about that? That sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the final matchup of the night. It's the one that that people who looked ahead in the bracket thought was a possible but highly unlikely matchup, and yet it has come to pass through sheer luck. I'm going to say sheer luck. It is the matchup that everybody demanded, and now it is finally here. You know it, you wanted it, and now you'll get to hear Dan Morin advocating for Marvel's Moon Knight against Tony Sindelar, 
who is arguing for DC Comics, the Batman. Who's that? Dan, please tell us about why Moon Knight is great <laughs> and Batman is no good. Go get good luck, him. buddy. All right, so... <laughs> I, I, I know this is this seems like an uphill climb. It seems like a tough road to hoe here. And and I know exactly what my my esteemed opponent is gonna tell you. He's Batman. And mm. and that may be true, mm-hmm. but I think what we need to look at is the fact here that it's incontrovertible that Batman is just a terrible Moon Knight ripoff. Because Moon Knight <laughs> Dates back to an ancient Egyptian god who bestowed this power on various sort of worthy vessels. And in that sense, Batman is simply a a modern day invention of some guy who is a a rich playboy and and yeah, had had a tough upbringing, but really just decided that instead of using his millions to help the poor people of Gotham City, that he would dress up like a bat and beat the crap out of criminals. Um, this is a guy who has a butler, right? I mean, we talked a little bit about Tony Stark being full of privilege, but but Bruce Wayne is a poster boy for white male privilege. I mean, if anybody else tried to dress up as a bat and beat up people, it would just not go very far. So I think that, you know, in some ways, Batman is just a pale imitation of Moon Knight. I mean, uh, Moon Knight is, I think he shows a certain degree of ostentatiousness and and devil may care attitude that batman doesn't sure batman dresses up in dark clothes and goes around sneaks around moon knight wears all white and runs around he is not afraid of being a target because he has you know the power of of good and righteousness and psychosis on his side so i think in in summation if i may present my case in in just a simple brief sentence he's moon knight (laughs) all right true words never spoken uh, Tony, tell us about why B- the Batman is so good and Moon Knight is so not good. I would like to cite earlier case law regarding he is Batman. Yeah. Do you, um, are so you referring to Batman or Moon Knight ba- when you make that statement? <laughs> I would like to establish that Batman is Batman. Okay. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> just, just, to, just to make sure that there is no confusion. Are you 100% in the part sure? I am 100% sure that Batman is Batman. Uh, welcome to Tautology Club. Um, and also, just to, just to dispel any potential confusion among our judges or listeners, we all know that Batman was created in the 30s and Moon Knight is created in the 70s, which I think my opponent will have to concede happens after the 30s. Pretty awesome decade, though. Uh, 1870s, you mean? Yeah, no, I think that's sir, actually before the 1930s. But nice try with your lies and flimflam. Um, <laughs> Moon Knight... There's really not a lot I can say to impeach Moon Knight because nobody knows who he is. Because he is literally just Marvel's watered-down Batman. And you know what? Moon Knight is pretty awesome. He is a really cool, underappreciated Marvel hero. And if, you know, you're somewhere and you can't get Batman, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe this will carry you over till you get to your next Batman installment. Uh, but, but Moon Knight is just, he's just imitation Batman. He's store-brand Batman, except no substitutions. All right, let's go to Lisa for her judgment. This is a difficult one because... Um, no, it's one... not. Well, yes. <laughs> it's not. Uh, no comments from the peanut gallery, please. That's the, on the bailiff. On the, <laughs> on the one hand, the imp of the perverse really wants me to see Moonlight, moonlight take it all the way. Again, again, often mistaken as Moonlight. <laughs> I have a theory about courtrooms. They need an agent of chaos. <laughs> your, Honor, your Honor, I want you to think about justice. I want oh. you to think about well, justice. Advocates coming in for other... All right, continue, Lisa. 
Thank you for the amicus but, briefs. So, but, no. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, um, a crazy dude who may or may not be multiple personalities, one of which may or may not be an ancient Egyptian divinity, um, is simply... Spoiler, spoiler he's not. He just... Simply, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do not cast aspersions. It's simply no match. <laughs> That's what this whole round is about, is casting aspersions. <laughs> <laughs> you hear oh, the the arguments had closed. I respect we, we the got, judge's we time. We've got to be careful. We start, we start exploring the mental health of our clients, and that is a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dark road. Nobody wins then. It's just zero. Yeah. It's nobody versus nobody for the final round then. The thing is, is if Barry Allen is the heart of the DC universe, you could argue that Batman is kind of the dysfunctional mom who keeps them all together. I, in some I way. thought I was really hoping you were the, the soul. I was yeah. like the soul. Barry's no. the heart, and and, and no. Batman's Batman the soul. Is the right? soul. No. That's no, terrifying. No nope. terrifying you, idea. No, because you think about this, and and Batman has has helped a half dozen people in the DC universe springboard into their own place in the in the superhero pantheon he is arguably the greatest detective in the DC universe he keeps superman honest and on his toes and forces superman to confront um his construction of humanity even as he is super um and he has a uh, cowl he, well cool no too. no look the dress code aside he, he, Batman brings everyone else together either because they're terrified of him or they can't figure him out or they want to work with him. But he's something everybody in the DC universe has in common. Um, and he's got like the coolest rogues gallery ever. So I'm going to find for Batman. <gasps> All right. Batman gets a vote from Lisa. Uh, Judge Chip. Judge Chip, what are your thoughts? <laughs> the audacity of Advocate Morin's argument is, moves me. I, I I was like, God, give me a reason to vote for Moon Knight. And I got several. And then Dan said that Batman is a pale imitation of Moon Knight. Dan, Batman is a pale imitation of Moon Knight. What color is Batman's costume? <laughs> uh, dark. Like light the gray. No, dark. Depending. No, it depends on your version. The, well, the yeah, Dark Knight, black light gray. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What color like is night. Moon Knight's costume? It's impossible to be sure. <laughs> not, no one has ever really seen him. White, white is not really a you, color. Your Honor, I believe the color is pale imitation. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> it is indeed, I find, for Batman. All right, well. Oh. Pale imitation is a great paint color for a kitchen. Just in case You know, it, maybe, maybe Moon Knight can roll around in like a pile of soot or something and pretend to be Batman in the next round. Unfortunately, been doing forever. we're checking IDs and he won't be allowed through. So Batman moves along to the next round. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and with that, we have cut our number of heroes from 16 to 8. The remaining heroes in our, in our tournament uh, are number one seed Spider-Man, number two seed Captain America. That went according to plan. Number one seed, uh, uh, let's see, what number one seed Batman? Number two seed Wonder Woman. That also went according to plan. Then we have number five seed Doctor Strange up, <laughs> up against number three seed The Flash. Number 12 seed Cinderella Story, The Thing, Ben Grimm, going up against number two seed Wolverine. Those mm. are the eight heroes who remain in our ultimate quest to discover something that we're not sure about, about superheroes. Uh, and we will resolve all of the rest of this tournament in one final edition of the incomparable. Oh, please let it be only one final edition uh, of the incomparable summer superhero tournament in, uh, in, in a few weeks. Uh, Don't we need to have a one hour episode. That's just the final one on one. 
<laughs> It'll be a radio drama. I want to sit there and eat popcorn. Yeah, well, we'll see. In this see. round, Ma- both the advocates will just be shouting at each other. Yeah. Whoever stops shouting first loses. So we'll have some, we'll have some very uh, exciting crossfire. stuff coming up then. But until then, I want to thank uh, our, our uh, advocates. Monty Ashley, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jason. Sorry, Superman. Moises Chuyan, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, what I do isn't very nice, but I'm uh, I'm the best there is at what it is, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, nice. Wolverine. Mose, Philip Moselek, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure, and I I try to do the people's will. I appreciate it. Tony Sindelar, Thank you for fighting the good fight. I will always fight the good fight, if, as long as I don't have to fight Batman. Also, you were 3-0 and tonight, so congratulations on that. I cheat to win. And, <laughs> and Dan Morin, thank you. Moon Knight Forever! Hmm? All right, that way, I think you're thinking of Batman Forever, which is a film. <laughs> not a good not one, involve Moon Knight. Cool. And, there's, <laughs> look, there have been way more bad Batman films than bad Moon Knight films. Have you, have you seen the, uh, the, the fan recuts of the Batman movies to feature Moon Knight? They're all done by Dan in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to thank, the, doing the hard job of being our judges, uh, Chip Sutter, thank you. We should start calling this law SCOTUS Care. And Lisa Schmeiser, thank you. Thank you, it was a pleasure. And to everybody out there, thank you for putting up with us. This is ridiculous, we know, but it, we also think it's kind of fun. And we will be back with a regular episode next week. And yes, the threat of more superhero tournament is out there in a few weeks. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.